You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we pray that we would know Jesus as He has revealed to us and that we might draw near to Him. In His name we pray. Amen. What a remarkable thing it would have been to be one of those disciples that was there on the Mount of Transfiguration to behold Jesus in all of His glory. That's often the prayer of my heart, that God, that You would reveal Yourself to me in such a way that I'm overwhelmed by Your power. I want to see something of Your glory in this world. And here, these three men were given a heavenly vision while still on earth. I wish I'd been there. And indeed, there are times in my life where I can feel God's presence more than normal. Uh, It may be for you as it is for me, a a weekend retreat or uh, maybe a, a hymn that you sing where you begin to feel the nearness of God in a way that you normally don't feel. That you start to catch a glimpse of His glory. And the intimacy with God that I'm talking about is actually what I think God is trying to reveal to us in our passage from Matthew of the transfiguration of Jesus. Intimacy with God is part and parcel to the Christian life. If you don't have intimacy with God, uh, that's a very good indicator that you may in fact not know God. Now, that doesn't mean that you constantly feel His closeness, but your heart longs for and desires to be near to Him. And here in the Transfiguration, we see how that intimacy is fostered. While they're there, Peter, they, um, yes, Peter, after seeing Elijah and Moses and Jesus together, say, well, let's make three tents, one for each of you. And I love how John puts it, while he was still speaking, God interrupted him. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is my beloved son. If you want intimacy with God, you have to know who Jesus is. You have to know the real Jesus. Uh, Not a Jesus of someone else's own making, even if it's a right-making. And this is one of the issues. The girls were talking to me the other day, and one of them asked me about what it was like to grow up in a home that wasn't Christian. And I realized that they had a privilege and an honor to grow up in a Christian home where the gospel is explained to them and shared with them on a daily basis, really. But at some point in their life, they're going to have to take ownership of their own faith. It can't be mom and dad's Jesus. It has to be, he has to be their Jesus. And the Jesus that I'm speaking of is not a Jesus of our own making. I hear people say often, well, I'd like to believe in a Jesus who... Well, it's amazing to me how that Jesus looks a whole lot like the person speaking. 
Now that doesn't mean that there aren't facets of who Jesus is that we're more attract, not more attracted to. Uh, there may be certain areas of ministry that, that Jesus had or, or certain characteristic traits that you feel drawn to in a way that you don't feel drawn to others. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the only Jesus you know and the stuff that you don't like about Jesus, what he said and what he did, and you put that to the side, then you don't know the real Jesus. And you'll never know intimacy with God. This is my beloved Son. Jesus, not just the Son of God, but God the Son. God dwelling amongst his people here on earth who came to save I am the resurrection and the life, said Jesus. Though you die, yet shall you live. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know this, Jesus? You know... At the end of the day, Jesus cannot be who we simply want him to be. Because in truth, we really wouldn't want Jesus to be something other. Because then he wouldn't be Jesus. He'd have no power to save. He'd have no power to transform. He'd have no power to speak a word of truth into our lives, no power to speak a word of grace and comfort into our lives. He would be reduced to something of our own making. And when we do that, we're simply domesticating Jesus. Isn't that what Peter does here? This is the most amazing moment of my life. I see Jesus in all his glory. He's radiant and white and shining. Let's put you in a box. I'll build a tent and put you in it. We all do that to some extent. Jesus, I want to know you like this and keep you like this. But he's the Lion of Judah. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And of course, sometimes we might think, Jesus, I just wish that you were more kind to this person in the story. I wish that you were less judgmental. I wish that you were a little less merciful even. But Jesus cannot be contained and he can't be put into a box. He is the great I am. And he stands before these three disciples and they behold him in all of his glory. And so if we want intimacy with God, we need to know the real Jesus. How do we know the real Jesus, and how do we draw near to him? Well, God tells us. Now, imagine you're there on the Mount of Transfiguration, and all of a sudden, Jesus is manifested in all of his glory, and there's Moses and Elijah, and the voice comes from heaven. And you hear it say, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's almost ridiculous. Listen to him. Look at him. Look at him. But God the Father says, no, listen to him. 
Now, this is very difficult for us because we as a people are more likely to learn from sight than we are to learn from listening. This is why Simon Says is such a difficult game for us. It's a lot easier for us to watch than it is to listen. And yet Martin Luther said that the ears are the organ of a Christian. And by that, he didn't mean just your ears, but the ears of your heart. Can you listen spiritually? This is why Paul says in Romans that faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The Word of God preached. And so if you want to know God, if you want to draw near to Him, you understand who Jesus is, but you also listen to what He has to say. And not simply the words of Jesus, but the entirety of the witness of the Bible. Listen to what, I don't know if you caught it, you get an extra wafer for this morning if you do, but the reading is from 2 Peter, not St. Paul to the Corinthians. But listen to what Peter says. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, not just what we've seen, but what we've heard, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star in your hearts arise, knowing the first of, that, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Don't just take those of us who saw it. Take take God's Word seriously. That, that, That is the most important thing, to immerse yourself into God's Word. And so if you're not in God's Word, it's not likely that you have an intimate relationship with God. If the only Scripture that you hear in your life is that which is read here in church on Sundays, and you wonder, God, why do you feel so far away from me? That's probably the reason. It's been rightly said that if you ever want to hear God speak aloud, simply read your Bible aloud. Now it may be that some of you are content to simply look upon Jesus but not listen to him. That you actually are satisfied that you do not have intimacy with God. You're very happy to keep Jesus at an arm's length. Jesus, I'll meet you on the mountain. But when we come down off the mountain, I'm going my own way. And there may be exact areas of your life in which this is true. Jesus, I want you to take over all these areas of my life, but not this one. Uh, Spurgeon, I'm sure he was telling a fib, but he said he once saw a man baptized, and as he went down under the water, he held his checkbook above the water. It may not be your finances, but, but where do you say when you walk to the door of the cocktail party, when you walk to the door of your office, when you walk to your schoolroom door, and you say to Jesus, just wait here. Stay up on the mountain, and I'll come to you when I'm good and ready. But don't follow me in here. Well, of course, that's not an intimate relationship with God. And if you're a Christian, you feel how disjointed that is. You may be even afraid of intimacy. I'm afraid of what it would be like if you got too close to me. 
One of my closest family members once said to me, Andrew, if I got really serious about Jesus, I know that it would mean the end of my life as I know it. And he's absolutely right. But it means intimacy with the living God. Do you know that it might even be one of the greatest impediments of your life to intimacy with God may actually be things that are good? Not just the things that we're aware of, but the things that we're not aware of until it's maybe too late. When I was in college, I felt like God was very far away from me. And there was a very wonderful priest at the Episcopal Church that I attended in college where Paul Walker is now the rector, and it's not Paul, so I can say this. And, uh, and what he encouraged me to do was to develop spiritual practices, which I had already been reading my Bible every day and things like that. But he said, no, I want you to come once a week and confess your sins to me, and I'll absolve you. And I want you uh, to come to communion every week here at the church. And so I began to do those things. And they were all well and good in and of themselves. I'm not knocking them. But I began to think that things were getting better because of the things that I was doing. I would have rather been thought of as a godly man with intimacy with God than to actually be the real thing. I allowed myself to get caught up in all of the motions which were just to give me some sense of security, fleeting as it may be, that I had intimacy with God. But no. We find that we have intimacy with God by knowing who Jesus is and entering into a relationship with Him that permeates every area of our lives. And of course there are times in our lives where God feels very far away. That's what we just sang in the William Cooper hymn. Absolutely. But if God feels far away, it's not because God has removed Himself But the problem is on our end, and we need to cry out to God, break up my hard heart and enter in every facet of my life. Come and take dominion and be Lord over me. I want to know and feel what it's like to be in an intimate relationship with the living God. Because the truth of the matter is that, yes, God is on mountaintops. He's there but more likely he's in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. And it's in those moments where you feel your greatest despair and the greatest alienation from God that in fact it may be that God is as close to you as he's ever been. That's the testimony of Scripture. If you want intimacy with God, know the real Jesus. Take him at his word. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle. Your prayer is probably going to be like mine, echoing St. Peter, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And yet he's revealed himself as he is. He can't be domesticated. He can't be put into a box. And to draw near with faith and to listen to him and to immerse yourself in God's word to you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
to be transformed and to made more and more into his likeness so that his glory will shine forth in your life and that others might give praise to your Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. Oh God, we come to you now realizing that not only do we try to compartmentalize you, but we compartmentalize our own lives. But Lord, we pray that you would break through that we would be reconciled to you as you are revealed to us in your word. And Lord, that you would give us the courage to draw near to you, that the final walls of the fortresses of our hearts would fall and that your word would go forth and accomplish that which it is purposed and not return void. Lord, that we might know you and that we might readily say that we have an intimate relationship with a living God. Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.